had this mower when I was young that just was the worst mower ever. But I was determined that I was gonna mow the yard. And sometimes the only way to keep it alive when it would start to like putter and it's like, this thing's gonna die, I would have to violently shake this mower and like slam it on the ground and eventually it'd get going again and it would work. That had to suck for that mower. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church, Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Hey, happy one year of podcasting. In this episode, we celebrate one year of the Big C, Little C, except for we really don't. Uh, But thankful to everyone who has participated thus far. A lot more people to get to and can't wait to talk to you. First Sunday of the month is All Together or All In, depending on who you talk to. It'll be on May 5th. Give a chance for all the nursery and children's workers to stay in the main room. And sometimes there's food. Usually there's food. You love Warner Swopes. I love Warner Swopes. This episode is an opportunity for us to kind of hear his heart for the church, what his perspective is as a new elder, and so much more. Thanks for listening. Um, you're not new to podcasts. No. In fact, I think the first time we ever talked was concerning a podcast you were doing. Yeah. Do you still do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do it with a couple of my friends. They're not of similar beliefs, so it's a little different, you know. Um, just a nerdy podcast. And the, the big thing about it is it started out as like very directional, like we would review comic books or movies or whatever. And it has devolved into just... <laughs> devolved. It, it's just like we talk about pop culture and comics and stuff, but it really is kind of just a mess now. But people listen, so it's fine. Go ahead and plug your podcast, if you will. Oh, yeah. If you want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no problem. It's called Nerd Management. Uh, it's Nerd MGMT. And uh, that stemmed from we, all of us were managers in some capacity in our jobs at the time when we started it. And we just thought it was kind of like a play on like anger management and like we were going to help people, you know, (laughs) deal with their nerdy lifestyles or whatever. And I don't know, it's kind of cheesy, but we've had fun with it. And it's just, it's really just us making fun of each other basically for an hour plus available on stitcher itunes oh yeah it's on it's on all the stuff (laughs) i use this uh thing called podient and it like just puts it out on everything clicks wise or whatever what's a what's a good episode do you do it weekly or what uh we we try to do it weekly we haven't done it in a couple weeks just we've been all really busy um two of us are in the works of buying houses and you know that's just a whole thing but 
we try to do it weekly and it really does not have a huge fan base by any means we have probably like 50 regular listeners a week but it's consistent it doesn't really like drop off at all so that's pretty that's good and probably at least nationwide if not further than that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Well, for the undoctrinated, that's nerd management. Yeah. Available wherever podcasts are. So Warner wearing the headphones at a mic, no stranger to that. How many times do you think you've been in studio talking about band stuff now? A few times, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say probably, I don't know. There's so many different iterations of studios too you know there's stuff like what i do with the podcast and it's like in people's houses and it's a couple of microphones and a laptop and there's stuff like what we're doing here where we're in like an official studio and everyone gets a pair of headphones and it's great yeah so i'd we've we've done over the years that we've done the band we've done several like little podcast appearances or little radio shows or whatever and it's always fun it's always the same, you know, like the same questions though for band stuff. It's always like, who are your influences and like, what type of music do you listen to? What is your writing process and stuff like that. My idea was to bring you and Chris in together and then to do an entire episode without mentioning the band once. <laughs> at all. And we could do it. Right. Because, and, and what I do want to touch on, and, and I probably will have you guys both in, and we will talk about the band. So we don't necessarily need to get in depth in that. But who would you say your influences are? Um, but but the, 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 the one point I would like to make is you and Chris have such a reverence for one another, despite you spending so much time together at your absolute worst state i'm assuming oh yeah tired 100 smelly cramped in a car in the middle of nowhere snoring yeah yeah you refusing to ever drive so (laughs) but the one thing is you guys always praise each other publicly yeah um i've noticed that with you and your wife too and i do want to talk about that as well but if we don't talk about anything else about the band tonight Let's talk about that fact that you and Chris seem pretty intentional in speaking highly of one another. We we definitely we celebrate each other if you would put it in such terms. But yeah, we uh, yeah we are we're just really really good friends. And it's funny because we weren't we didn't really know each other that well before the band. We were both in different bands and had played together a couple of times. So there was that we knew each other just through that. But we really didn't become friends until we were already playing music together. So, um, and then that's when I started coming to the church too. So it all stems from that. And it's really interesting because that's kind of backwards of how you would normally start a friendship. But, um, it's really, we just get along really well. We have a lot of common interests with our, our faith, our musical interests. Obviously wrestling is a big thing for us. So like there, there's never a shortage of things to talk about. So even though we spend a ton of time with each other between, you know, band stuff or working on record label stuff or church stuff, we see each other constantly and we still just, there's always something to talk about. Speaking with Warner Swopes, by the way, just a dream radio name. Yeah. (laughs) It's (laughs) recently at work, this, uh, one of my coworkers said that when she saved my number in her phone, she accidentally saved it as with a D instead of an S at the end. And she just never changed it. So it says Warner swoped. And so we've started this thing where like, if I say something stupid or like I pick on somebody or something at work, we call it, you just got swoped. And oh, well, I do want to touch on that. That's a new, uh, it's, it's really dumb. I don't know why it's, but we laugh every time. Well, um, so yeah, Warner swoped a stage name. If I've ever heard one. But here he is in the flesh. He is a new elder 
yeah. the current church, which is originally why I wanted to bring you in. We can talk about everything, but we are on a time crunch tonight, which leads me to getting swoped. You told me at breakfast on Sunday yeah. that I almost got swoped. Yeah. Um, we bumped up the recording time tonight, but uh, for those not initiated with your nerdness, you said there was nothing more Warner Swopes than almost double booking because... Yeah, I, I had double booked myself to be on the podcast with also, I had pre-ordered tickets to the newest Avengers movie <laughs> on the very first night it's available. I don't know if there's anything more Warner Swopes than that. That's about as good as it gets. So it worked out, but Warner did tell me I indeed had gotten swooped. Yeah. So I guess I'm I'm one of the elite few. That's that's a very good case of getting swooped. <laughs> so this is just the uh, the uh, appetizer for a very exciting night for you, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, this is how and, and people are always like, "How do you do it?" and they're like, how do you do the band and you work full time in retail and you're married and I've got kids and they're like, how do you get to do all this stuff? I'm really active with the church and stuff. And the simple answer is I just don't sleep and <laughs> I pack my days 100% full, but I like that. I don't like if I had a bunch of downtime, I don't really know if I would enjoy it as much, yeah. but I, I do, uh, I stay very busy and my day started with, I went to work this morning at five and I worked all day and then I got home and I started working on my house that I'm trying to get it ready to sell and then hopped over here and then I'm going to go straight from here to go pick up Tiffany and go to a movie. So it's like crazy times, but it's all fun. Well, speaking of no sleep, you came armed oh, yes. with, um, with a new product, this, I believe. I, I you want to do a on-air? Go ahead and oh, put that right on the want, mic. Do you yeah, want to yeah. get that? Yeah, let's do that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, uh, so Kickstart is my drink of choice. I've tried so many times to like, and only jokingly, I guess if I actually tried, maybe it would happen, but... Uh, to get endorsed by Mountain Dew because on my podcast I talk about it constantly. Yeah. When we when we play shows, I I always like drink a Kickstart at the show. I, like I'm I'm really pushing the gimmick. Um, I one time took a picture of my mini fridge just full of different flavors of Kickstart and like tweeted Mountain Dew about the podcast. Yeah. I, I'm really trying here, but uh, they they just released. I guess they're not really new flavors, but they. They used to have two different sizes of cans, this this size and then like a smaller size. And certain flavors were in the small size can, mm. certain flavors in the large size can. Well, the small size cans had a lot of good flavors. Like right now I've got the blueberry pomegranate. It's really good. Um, and they just today released them in the larger Whew. cans and they've eliminated the small cans. Yes. It was a very exciting moment for me when I walked into the gas station and I almost like couldn't believe my eyes when I was like, that seems, it looks weird. What's wrong with it? Oh, it's a large can. Why don't yeah. you give us a taste test yeah. there? <sighs> yep. It's great. Notes of what? Well, it, uh, well pomegranate for sure. The <laughs> pomegranate's really noticeable. Like, So pomegranate is a weird fruit because it is delicious, the flavor, but the texture is so weird. It's like seedy and there's all these little, you know, I don't know, polyps or whatever they are, but it definitely has a pomegranate taste with like a little follow through with the blueberry. Mm. And it, uh, yeah, it kind of tastes like a blueberry muffin, but as a drink, it's pretty good. For those concerned about Warner's health, I can vouch. I see right now it's 5% juice. 5% juice. So. I make this argument all the time because people are, I do have high blood pressure, but it's not related to the kickstart. It actually is just in my family has been in, mm -hmm. like my grandparents had it. My mom has high blood pressure. I have high blood pressure. It just happens. And my doctor even confirmed it. I went on a diet for like three months and 
I came back and it was higher and he's like, yeah, this is something we're going to have to just medicate. Sorry, bud. <laughs> and it's fine. But um, I can say for sure that Kickstart, while it does have a lot of caffeine, which is not really great for your heart, the other stuff in it is not like what's in like Rockstar or Monster. Oh, really? Okay. Like all the ginseng and taurine and all the stuff that's like really chemically just like makes your heart beat faster. It's literally just Mountain Dew whatever fruit juice flavor they have. So the orange one has orange juice. This has blueberry juice in it and uh, vitamin B. That's basically, and you know, your regular Mountain Dew things, sugar and whatever, but it doesn't have all the weird chemicals. So it, it's, it's not killing me as fast as like drinking double rock stars every day. And you said you're going to make it to 80 no matter what, right? Oh so. yeah. <laughs> so I take very much after my dad's side. If you've ever seen my dad, you'd be like, yeah, he definitely does. I look like my dad, but I shave my head. He doesn't. Uh, so that's the big difference. And my dad's parents both lived to 80 almost to the day. I think my grandpa was like 80 years old and three or four months. And my grandma was like 80 years old in a week, just like almost to the day. And so I've, I've convinced myself that that's just when the Swopes people, mm-hmm. when the Swopes clan dies off is just 80. You live to 80 and then you're done. You'd, I'm okay with that. That's a that's a solid number. Well, living the rock and roll lifestyle as you do, if you're going to take guaranteed 80 or what's behind that door, you're probably <laughs> going to take 80. So. Yeah, 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 for sure. If I could keep living how I live right now and eating how I eat right now, and it was a guaranteed 80 for real, not just jokingly, I'd be like, yeah, that's solid. I'm, I'll, I'll definitely take that. So Warner's working with the Kickstarter, the Blueberry Pomegranate Kickstarter. Uh, the Lord is doing a healing work in my throat right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, that's uh, good. So I'm, if, I, if I get a little sleepy on you, I've got the opposite because I ran out of throat coat tea. Oh, yeah. And I grabbed what I thought was throat coat, but it was a um, calming evening caramel blend. Oh, boy. And that's so gonna... I've been downing that right before you got here. So if I... It's like going to put you off. Out. Yeah. There's this drink that Chris and I discovered on the road that's pretty great. And it's, um, I think it's actually made here in Indiana originally. It's Mellow Mood. And it's like a Bob Marley, like is the logo of it or whatever. And it's called Mellow Moon. And it's literally just flavored tea with melatonin in it mm. to like chill you out. <laughs> Tell me the guy's dri- the, the, who's driving is not having that. No, no, no. But uh, you can't get them very many places. It's not like a common thing, but uh, it is. When we get it, it's like a nice little treat. But I, I have noticed that if I like drink Kickstarter and that, it does have a weird kind of just like. It's like a tug of war situation <laughs> where I'm, I'm like real wired, but real sleepy. It's It's weird. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm sure you have a million stories from the road. I'm, I, I could ask you about a, a number of things we're visiting with Warner Swopes. Newly inducted, I don't know if that's the word, as an elder at current church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> inducted. So, it's like, <laughs> I like that. Talk, talking about um, the craziness of your life, you got two small kids. You, um, you're a homeowner, about to be a homeowner of a different home, I believe. You're an uh, upper management at your, at your job. The question would be, why take on the responsibility of eldership? We're going to tackle that when we come back. We're visiting with Warner Swopes on the Big C Little C Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Alicia. We are with He Is Revival Ministries. We've devoted our lives to see the church healthy, whole, and moving in the power of God. We have so many exciting things planned for this year. We're planning on hitting 20 states across the U.S. and taking a trip to Mazatlan, Mexico, which you are invited to be a part of. We need your prayers and partnership now more than ever to take on this exciting challenge. To keep up with what we're doing, 
Check out Facebook.com slash HeIsRevival, our webpage at HeIsRevival.com, and make sure to subscribe to our He Is Revival Ministries YouTube channel. I'm Elizabeth, and I like travel, travel, travel. Hey, this is Gene, the front man at Current Church, and glad you found our podcast. You can hit me up directly, uh, gene at currentchurch.net. Love to field any questions you might have regarding me or the church or anything that's happening there. So I hope you'll enjoy the podcast every time you get a chance to tune in. Hope you learn something from it. Hope you figure out a little bit more about who we are. If you ever want to visit us, you can find us at 230 Commerce Drive. We meet at the Gear in Franklin, 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. You can sleep in, come hang out on Sunday night. It's what I do. (laughs) You can visit our website, currentchurch.net. We're on all the social medias. We're really not on all the social medias, but we are on Facebook and we are on Instagram. Instagram at currentchurchfranklin. Facebook slash currentchurch. This is my best radio voice. The NPR voice requires you to get really close. You have to get really close for the NPR voice. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. I know you know sports, yeah. so I'll, t- I'll talk your language here. Uh, there was a football coach, there is a football coach named John Gruden, who was only sleeping about three or four hours a night and couldn't fall back asleep. And he went to the doctor and he said, you're just a strange phenomenon who only needs three or four hours a night. There are other people I know who need nine hours of sleep. I was, uh, I'm a little older than you. Even when I was your age, I needed sleep. I just need, I need a certain amount of sleep. If I have two kind of sleep deprived nights in one week, I feel it like crazy. I have long since stopped feeling condemnation about that. I've kind of, <laughs> I've kind of given that over just that. That's the way I was made. Yeah. That's what I, but you, you're kind of a freak of nature, it seems. And and so how much of it is um, you just like to be alive? I was talking to a, a morning person the other day. I'm a night owl. Hate mornings. Detest them. <laughs> Couldn't, don't get me started. I was talking to a guy who does a radio show in the morning, and he said, I just like being awake. Yeah. I, I like living. And so I'm, how much of it is your life circumstances? How much of it is you just like to be alive? I think it's a little of both because I can. I, I'm fully capable of you know sleeping until noon. If I, if I'm given the opportunity or if I feel like that's what I want to do. But I think a lot of it is that there's like a sweet spot for me any more than like six or seven hours. Then I'm kind of like tired for the rest of the day and any less than four is not great. But I found that like five is pretty good. Like if I can get five hours of sleep uninterrupted, that's pretty solid night for me. And I I think you're right. I think it's just, everyone is different. And there's all these scientific studies of like, this is what everyone should get. But those are all like recommended and everyone's different. And I think it's 100% true that I'm just like, I'm made to where I don't need more than, don't need more than five hours of sleep to fully function. So we kind of ran down the list. You're in upper management at your job. You're a semi-full-time touring musician. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes more full-time than others. Uh, You're a full-time husband. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Full-time father. Um, and then you just added uh, eldership at Current Church. I'm sure that was done prayerfully. I'm oh, sure yeah. it was not taken lightly at all. What was the process like for you to go ahead and, and take that on as well? Well, uh, as you know, and listeners from our church know, not everything at our church. Now, this is, this can be a really good thing. We do take everything very prayerfully. But not everything at our church is done 
quickly. <laughs> There's a, it just, sometimes it takes us some time to get to things. And this is actually something we had, I had talked with Gene about for some time. So when Perry passed, I guess they were down in Elder and we've actually been down in Elder since. They've just kind of been operating that way and have been talking about, yeah, we definitely need to get another elder involved in our leadership and we need to make that happen. And so, you know, Gene and I had talked about it a lot and there was the concern of I'm really busy and one, we didn't want to shortchange the church in that way, you know, by putting someone who just can't actually do, doesn't have the time for it. And also two, we didn't want to affect my family life too much by having too much to do. But honestly, the, the elder role really involves my family a lot. And, um, so I feel like it's, it's actually been really good for us. So the way we do the elder meetings, we all get together and basically just bring a bunch of snack foods and stuff and just eat and go over the meeting stuff. And a lot of times we've been doing it at the Palmer's house, John and Craig. And so all the kids come and they just play with their girls and it's a great time. So everyone has a good time and we all get to just fellowship and really discuss the things that you know, need to happen and go over the, the boring business stuff of church too. But there's so much more of it is it feels like to me, almost like, like a small group, really like a really, really small group, but it's like a small group thing. We get together and it just, it feels like a family thing to me. So when I realized that, that kind of made it a no brainer for me. I was like, I already was doing things where like, if, if people needed prayer at church and stuff like that, I was doing that. Cause that's just something that when I came to this church, I instantly became really passionate about. And uh, a few years ago, I went on the mission trip to New York and did the prayer stations with the homeless and stuff. And that really showed me just the power of prayer on a different level that I wasn't familiar with. And ever since then, I've just like, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a vessel for that, whatever God wants to do in that. So I've just kind of been doing that at church. And (laughs) then Gene was like, he's like, okay, well, we're going to we're going to move on this. And so John called me one day and John and I have known each other for years and years and years, even before the church. And we've been neighbors multiple times (laughs) and now he's helping me sell my house and just (laughs) like, we've just got a different relationship. So he called me up. He's like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to bring you on as an elder and we want you to meet with the uh, elder team. And also your first elder meeting, um, first order of business, Gene is going on sabbatical for two months. <laughs> a surprise. And I was like, oh, this is heavy stuff. And But it was good. Our first meeting all together, we just, um, me and Craig and John and Gene went to lunch. We just talked about what the role of the elder was and what's expected of me and also what I should expect of them as far as like being able to come to them with anything I have, even like if there's issues in my life that where I need accountability to have like their direct accountability partners. And I have that, like I have that in my wife and with Chris and stuff like that, but it's still, it's, it's different when you have someone who's too close like that, where like your wife or your best friend that you're hanging out with all the time. It's sometimes it's easy to just kind of like let things slide or just be like, ah, it's not really a big deal or whatever. But when it's a group of guys and they're going to be constantly checking on you and being like, Hey, how's everything going in your life? You got what's going on. You got good things going on in your life. And that's, I think that's been really helpful just to, not that there was anything, but it's helped me to really be conscious of that and be like, am I living up to what the church needs in an elder? And also knowing that like an elder is not perfect and an elder is not like, you know, this role that like you don't make mistakes or 
anything like that. It certainly is not a glamorous uh, <laughs> position, and and really, it's 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 completely service based. Yeah, which a church our size, almost everybody is serving in some capacity. You were For already sure. serving, so it was probably a, a very natural transition to move into. I wasn't was going to say elevate, but just move into <laughs> right. a position where you are there to serve the body. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It, it's definitely a service based thing, but. The more I really dig into the word and and the more I uh, just like spend time in God's presence and pray and you know meditate on the word of God and stuff, I feel more and more just that's the thing that I see the most in in like just Christ's walk and how he did things is just everything is service and the best way to do life with someone is to serve them and I get a lot of joy out of that where it's weird, you know, I can tell a moment where I grew up for real. Cause I, mm-hmm. I everyone to an extent is selfish. Like we're yes. all just, I mean, it's just a survivalist nature of <laughs> human nature is to be like, I want to make sure that I'm getting the things that I need or I want or yeah. that I think I need. That's just, it's human nature. It's sinful, but it's human nature. But, um, I definitely remember when I was younger being like, man, I just want to, you know, I want to go to church and I want to go to the kind of church that I want to go to with the kind of things that I like. And and part of what drew me to current church was like the, the music's rocking and the people are cool. And it's just like a, I'm like, I, I want to go to a cool church. And there's definitely a moment where I feel like there was a clear turning point for me where it wasn't about like what I was getting out of church, but what the the point of going to church is what can I give or what can, how can I be a part of changing somebody else's life? And that, and I don't know exactly when it was, but it definitely, I think was near that time of when I went on that mission trip to New York. Without digging for any proprietary information here, um, from your perspective, what do you think a new voice can bring to the eldership of current? Uh, This was a thing, and it was kind of funny. I laughed. I was like, I guess that's a compliment. Um, Gene says stuff sometimes, and it's hard for me to tell if it's a compliment or if it's like, I don't know. But then, and sometimes I think it's a compliment. He's like, no, actually, you're just kind of weird. For example, um, we had him come and look at one of the houses we were looking at because um, it's old, and he's a handyman. And I thought, well, Gene will tell me straight up if this is stuff that I, he thinks I can do. And we were talking about the different things. And it's really, it's got a lot of character, but in a weird way. Like, it's old, for sure. And it looks like a house from the 50s. And he was like, honestly, I don't know what things you would actually want to change or update in here. Because he's like, I, I really can't get a feel for you. Because some of the things I would be like, this has got to go. You like it. And you're just really quirky. And I was like, thanks. He's like, I don't know if I meant that as a compliment. <laughs> and, and we laughed about that. And I was like, yeah. So part of it was that Gene, when he and the guys were talking to me about why they wanted to bring me on, is they said that they've all been in elder roles at current church for some time now. All of them have been in the role for a while. And they said, we really needed someone that doesn't think exactly like us. And <laughs> almost like, it was almost like we need someone that sometimes disagrees with us. And, sure. and I was like, I guess that's a compliment. I don't know. But, and he was like, yeah, it definitely is. It's, you know, that's something that we need. And I don't know that we ever like really butt heads on things, but I definitely have a different perspective. And part of it is maybe because I didn't grow up in an assembly of God church. Part of it maybe because I'm not from 
like I wasn't in the start of this church, so I kind of have a different a perspective of someone who's like come in after the fact and uh, just kind of like an outsider perspective. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm also not afraid to tell my opinions mm-hmm. because it's this I'm sure stems from just my work and just how it works and leading people there. But I don't think disagreement is really ever a bad thing. I don't think it's disrespectful unless you make it disrespectful. You know, if you don't take it personally yeah. and you ask questions and communicate then disagreement can be a really good thing because it can really show people other perspectives. So I think the big thing is asking questions. Like if you disagree with someone, ask them why they think what they think instead of just being like, well, that's a stupid thing to think, you know? It's obvious Gene operates that way in life, but for a well-established leader or leadership group to seek dissenting views almost, to, yeah. to, to want to be challenged is a sign of great health. And, and I won't name names, but there was a mega pastor in Chicago who fell from grace in the last year because he only staffed himself with yes men. And to me, if you're going to pad your walls with yes men, that's a sign of incoming failure. Yeah, it, it is <laughs> for sure. I, um, I run into that too. I mean, at work I have, so I run the front end at Lowe's. That's kind of what I do. There's a lot of that is admin role stuff, but I also do have to physically like just make sure that all of the cash registers are running properly. And part of that is scheduling for like 30 plus people. And I'm over all of those people, but I'm directly over. I have like three or four people that are directly under me, um, depending on what time of year it is. And they're, they're called head cashiers and they basically are like, assistant managers at the front end. That was a really big thing for me when I first came into the role was finding people that I have someone who um, did my role previous to me and she is a wealth of knowledge and she's been with Lowe's forever. And so she knows the old ways of Lowe's. And I also have some people who are really fresh and new and came up as cashiers and they're younger than me and they have kind of a fresh view and a different way of thinking than me. And I think it's really good to have that balance. And both of those people will disagree with me on different things that are like definitely like, oh, yeah, I, I needed to know that. Mm-hmm. But they're from completely different viewpoints. It's yeah. good. You mentioned you grew up as a Baptist pastor's kid. Yeah. Just as a PK in general, we've had this discussion with a few people that we've had in here. But you've probably seen the good, bad, and ugly of ministry yet you don't shy away from it. Yeah. (laughs) So you must have been able to take the good from what you grew up with and kind of parlay that into your own ministry. Yeah, that is a very true thing. There's also this uh, stigma of, or it was when I was growing up, I feel like it's not even a thing anymore, but there used to be this stigma of like, well, the pastor's kids are the worst kids because they're going to rebel and be just really, really bad. And really we're just, we're just like anyone else, but you're under a more of a magnifying glass, I guess. People are really watching you. Um, so when you mess up, it's bigger. It seems bigger because people see it. Everyone sees it, you know. But um, there's definitely parts of being in a pastor's family that I would I would be like, yeah, that's the only thing I've ever known, and it's the only thing I'd really want to know. But there's definitely bad times. But I think the longer that my dad's been a pastor, the more I've seen the redemption side of that too and just how over time and it's not on our time it's on god's time but god is a god of restoration and he wants things to be whole and there's been a lot of times where there would be like really close friends in churches 
And then those have been the same people that at, at some point, well, for one reason or another, church politics got in the way or whatever. And those have been the same people who have basically like pushed my dad out of a church, you know? Yeah. But then here years later, some of those same people have a relationship with my dad again now. And it's like nothing ever happened. You know what I mean? And it's really awesome to see that you have to have those bad things to see that make you feel really low and really sad because the opposite of that is it makes those really good times really feel good. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird thing. It's, it's a weird balance, but like the lowest points of being a pastor's family are also the times that I feel like really had the biggest pendulum shift to be the, eventually be the best times. What from your childhood kind of informs or colors your viewpoints as you are now in eldership and in the ways that you bring things to the table and encourage Gene and all that? Uh, just knowing that pastors are not infallible, I think, is really and, – and I know everyone knows that. Yeah. But to really experience that on a personal level, it makes me think about the things that I should be checking on with Gene and being like, you know, are things going good with you? And Because I know the the issues that a pastor can have where they're, like, really depressed or their things don't seem to be going right in the church or maybe they see something is not going right that the church doesn't see – or things like that. And then on Sunday, they've got to come and put on a happy face and hug everybody and deliver a message from the word that a lot of times, at least in my dad's case, I know uh, a lot of times were messages that he probably needed more than anyone sure. in the in the seats. So I think that's the thing is I just always want to, I can always think of like the big one that sticks out in my head is numbers. And like, I know how that affects a pastor, even though it doesn't necessarily reflect the spiritual growth of the church. It's still a hard thing to get past, sure. you know. When you start to see diminishing numbers in your in your congregation, it makes you really question and doubt where you are, um, and if you're really having an effect. And I've seen that with my dad. Even the church my dad's been pastoring for 20 years now, he's still pastoring there. Their numbers are really healthy right now. And like I went there for Easter and. There were probably like, a, I don't know, like 150 people there. And it's a small Baptist church. So it was like, that's a really good number for them. And he said that it's been consistently in the like 75 to 90 range here lately. And that's good, really good for them. Yeah. Um, but I remember times when it's been like 30 people or, you yeah. know, or 40 people. And it's like, but I also remember times when there was, you know, pushing 200 people there. So it's, it's cool to see that it doesn't always stay that way. Mm-hmm. And I think um, our church is a good example of that. It's a really small church. I don't think our church has ever been huge, though. So it's not like we went from 500 people to where we are now. Correct. And so I think that that's something where I can really have a good perspective on that. I don't feel like our church is unhealthy right now. I don't think it's in a place where we should be worried. I think we definitely should be working towards, like, what are the next next steps? What do we want this to look like? And what are we should have goals of what we want to see, but spiritually speaking, I think it's really thriving, and um, I'm able to be like that's that's okay. It doesn't there don't need to be numbers because I've seen it where you can have a really spiritually thriving church and there be not a lot of people there. You're somebody who stays in the Word uh, despite your schedule. You have a love for the Word. You have a love for digging in to the Latin and all that. And I'm sure that comes from your dad. So, 100%. so, so you're a bit of a juxtaposition. So how are you received as the pastor's kid who now 
shaves his head, has gauged out ears, and wears <laughs> wrestling shirts, but yet sometimes comes back to preach. Are you, yeah. are you well received? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, so, like I said, I just went back for Easter. I haven't been in a while. Um, and everyone was really cool. It's <laughs> actually a very funny story. I'm glad that you brought this up. There's this um, this lady at our at my dad's church, and she she always kind of asks weird questions. <laughs> like it's like she's not like she's a, as Morgantown as it gets mm-hmm. because it's like she's never seen the outside world or okay. something. I don't know. But um, there's this group uh, that was visiting because uh, my dad's been kind of working with their pastor or talking to their pastor, and it's uh, very similar to what. Um, uh, it's City View. City View does the thing with the men's group of like people that are recovering SWAT from addiction. Yeah, yeah, SWAT House. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it. There's something similar to that in, um, and I don't know. I think they're in Bloomington or something like that. I don't know what it's called, but that group of people. My dad's been working with their pastor, and he um, brought a bunch of those guys to Easter Sunday. Possibly rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, and. I overheard her just go up to this guy. He and he didn't even like look that rough. He just had like long hair and a t-shirt and he had a like a kind of a scraggly beard. And she saw that I was there for the first time in a while and she asks this guy, "Oh, are you guys here with Warner?" Just like that that's the I guess that's the picture that she has of me is just like these rough and tumble guys coming here, it must be with Warner, you oh, know. That's the best. It it really was. It 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 made me laugh quite a bit and and the guy was like the, i heard the guy he's like i don't know who that is <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it uh but so as i was saying you're a guy who um when gene was challenging some of us to do the bible through the year i don't believe you were there but it was towards the beginning of the year and he said who was it over the past year who had something to impart to the body because he was in the word and several people called out your name, Warner. Oh, really? They knew, but now in your new role, that's got to be extremely important because as busy as you are, you're continuing to stock up, to refill, because you're going to need to pour out more than ever. Yeah. Um, and it is. I I won't try to sugarcoat it and say that I don't fall behind on it. I'm, I think I'm like seven days behind on it right now. I'm. It happens, I. Uh, but I get caught up eventually. But yeah, I, I try to do the Bible in a year thing. I've been doing, I did it last year and I'm going to do it this year again. But I do it, strictly do it by listening to it. I just, it's easier for me to find the time to do that because I'm driving or I'm mowing or sometimes even at work, I'll have it on in my office while I'm working on some paperwork. And I think it's been a really good way for me to be able to really take it in because when I read for a long period of time, I can start to drift off and like, I can seriously be reading. Like I don't remember anything I just read for the past paragraph. I was just kind of like literally just looking at letters. I don't know what I was reading. So, so listening to it, it's more engaging for me and I really, I get more out of it. So, and it's so funny because as a kid, you hear the same Bible stories over and over and you're like, I know this one. And you're like in Sunday school and you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to talk about David and Goliath again. That's not, that's, that's not interesting to me. But as an adult, really like reading the word constantly, there's always something new and refreshing. And especially it depends on where you are in your life at the time. So like in my new role as an elder, for whatever reason, Deuteronomy and Leviticus, which used to be really boring to me are really interesting this time around. And it's because it's so much of it has to do with like, you're responsible for these people. And if you goof it up, it's not going to be good. And, uh, so like for whatever reason, I've really paid attention to, um, how that all works. And it's, it really shows you, especially shows you a perspective of like how to have a heart for the lost, because there's so many times that 
<laughs> and it, there's so many times that God is basically like, the Israelites are screwing up again. I'm just going to wipe them clean and start over. And multiple times, and I think it's in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, I kind of get a little blurred and I can't remember sure. which one it is, but multiple times Aaron and Moses just like fall flat on their face and beg God not to kill the Israelites. Yeah. Even though in most of those cases, the thing that the Israelites have done that's disgusting and deplorable to God was directed at them. Yeah. Like, And it's just like, wow, that's amazing that yeah. Moses has such a heart for these people. And the ways that he addresses God with it is like, he basically just says to God, what is that going to look like to other people if you brought your people out of Egypt only just to kill them? Yeah. And it's like, wow, that's, it also reminds you of like when stuff doesn't make sense in our own lives and we're like, I don't get it. Why is God doing this? You know that he's not doing it. Like it's going to have a purpose in the end. And it's just like what Moses says is like, why would you bring me through all of this other stuff just to make this happen? And it, this be the end of it or whatever. So good. I've been, you know, going through those books as well. And it's does speak to order and to following instructions. And there's good in there. Uh, Our time is drawing nigh. The end is drawing nigh. Oh, that's okay. um, One thing I mentioned earlier is that you and Chris, you said uh, you celebrate one another. Yeah. Reminds me of office space. I celebrate his entire catalog. It's a, it's a Ed Figueroa thing. That's where I got it. Um, Yeah. He, he's come, he's come to me multiple times and he, and he, he says things. He's like, he's like, you ain't got nobody to celebrate you. You need somebody going to celebrate you. And he's and and I'm like, he just doesn't see it because he's not around me all the time. But I'm like, I have plenty of people that celebrate (laughs) me and it's awesome. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. So that's a joke with me and Chris. We always like, you know, whenever, you know, we're, we're giving each other a hard time or whatever, I will be like, you don't celebrate me. <laughs> well, much the same way you very publicly celebrate your wife and yeah. vice versa. And, uh, I'm sure we'll have her in at some point. Most people know that you guys got married extremely young. We did. Divorce rates in the church are not much better than those outside the church. I'm assuming on paper, you guys had some tall odds against you, but yeah. here you are, and, and <laughs> you guys are a shining beacon, not perfect, No, a shining beacon all. of a godly marriage. How did you do it? Oh, man. Well, it is just that. It's all God. There were definitely really rough times, especially when we were young and poor, but there's also some value to that. We just had to figure it out, and we had to rely on God for a lot, and there were times where... It was so drastically like, how are we going to make it? There's no physical way that it would ever make sense for us to be able to pull this off financially or whatever. And um, it gets to a point when you're, when you're that low or you have that many struggles or things are really hard or you don't have time to really manage your household the right way, you get really reliant on God. And there's, there's times where it almost becomes exciting, like... I know God's going to make something happen here, and it's so beyond a a thing that we could humanly think that it's like, whatever he's going to do is going to have to be spectacular (laughs) because it doesn't make sense. So there's a lot of it is that. It's just so cool. And Tiffany and I really, we even were talking about this just the other day about how like we don't really fight a whole lot. And it comes from we definitely did when we were younger. And I think over time, we've just learned the things that 
really push each other's buttons for right or wrong. And um, the big thing is I think a lot of people use those things against each other when they discover those things. If you know those things and try to do the exact opposite and just avoid those things because you're like, I know this is going to be a fight and it doesn't need to be, that really helps. (laughs) That's been our big thing. And another help is when you're constantly fighting two kids, you don't have the energy <laughs> to fight each other. So, <laughs> How close to graduation did you get married? Um, it was a week after we graduated. Yeah. People try to talk you out of it, or what was that? Oh, like? yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people tried to talk us out of it. People who now have been like, wow, I, it was really foolish of us to try to talk you out of it. But our parents were all really supportive. Yeah. Also kind of challenging in a way that I think uh, was really helpful to it in the way that they're like, well, this is what it what you have to have to be an adult. These are the things you have to do, which you're going to be responsible for. And I don't know if this was meant like sarcastically or not, but I remember, I don't even remember who it was. I don't know if it was her parents or I think it was a dad. It was either her dad or my dad. And they said something like, if you really think you can do that, then get married. Just do it. And... I remember, and like I said, that could have been really encouraging. It could have been sarcastic. I have no idea. But um, I remember a point where I was just like, yeah, I can definitely do this. This is something I can do. This is how much I'm going to need for this. This is how I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to go to school. And, of course, we make plans, and God's plan is completely different than that. And so a lot of that stuff fell by the wayside and is way different than I ever would have imagined it was going to be. But it's good. And... um I always think of divine sovereignty in uh, the the way it works with our free will is such a confusing concept to people, right? Because they're like, well, how can you have a God that that knows everything that's ever going to happen and has planned your life since before you were even conceived and knows everything that's going to happen and his plan is perfect and his will is good, but then also... We're supposed to have free will, right? Well, I think of it like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Like, the end is always going to be the yeah. same, right? The outcome's always the same. Yeah. But the story is different depending on how which sure. which way you want to go with it. And uh, I, I've used this analogy in church before, but it's been several years. I had this mower when I was young <laughs> that just was the worst mower ever. But I was determined that I was going to mow the yard. And sometimes it would be like the only way to keep it alive is it start to when it would start to like putter and it's like this thing's going to die. I would have to violently shake this mower and like slam it on the ground and eventually it'd get going again and it would work. That had to suck for that mower. I would think. And I think that that's, that's how I look at our lives. Like, okay, so there's a path that like that God has a plan for our lives. And we can choose to make it way harder on ourselves by thinking we have our own plan. And perfect example I always think of is um, (laughs) Abraham when he's like, well, God said I'm going to be the father of many nations, but my wife's getting old. And so he's like, I'll find somebody else and we'll make it happen. And that doesn't work and it complicates things and it makes the whole situation way worse. And he eventually gets exactly what God had planned for him, but he has to go through a lot of crap to get there. And it's because of free will. (laughs) And the residue from that choice never went away. Right. Oh, man, I could talk to you all night about this because my wife did not grow up in church and um, her sister is a fairly young believer now. 
and she's just gone through some stuff in her life where uh tiffany's just like i just don't understand like at what point is is it enough like at what point is it's like okay well she's now living for the lord so why why are there still things that linger and i i i told her i said there there's and this happens with everyone i i have consequences in my life from from my past that will forever be this way just because there's grace and redemption doesn't mean that there aren't consequences mm. that's still yeah. part of it <laughs> yeah. very much so Two more questions. Cool. Over under 60 and a half wrestling shirts in the Warner Swopes closet. 60 and a half. Oh, man. I'd say it's... Did I get a good number? I'd say it's under, but it's probably not under by a lot. <laughs> uh, I do have a lot of wrestling shirts. And the unfortunate part about this is most wrestling... This one is not. I'm wearing a blue wrestling shirt, but most wrestling shirts are black. Yeah. So I have a lot of black t-shirts. Yeah. And uh, Tiffany gets really frustrated about that. She's like, why do you need another wrestling shirt? And I'm like, I don't know that I need it, but I like them. Yeah. It's basically all I wear. So, well, in the move, maybe you'll count them and, and report back. Yeah, but uh, I could do that. And then uh, finally, what are what are some of your hopes for current church? Oh man, <laughs> I would love to see. I talked about how uh, unimportant attendance numbers are, but I would love to see our attendance grow. But just as a result of um, people seeing what current church can do, I think. Um, I think there's still, and it's part of being in a different building than we were, people knew us for. Um, I, I was all for the move at the time and I still stand behind it 100%. Um, but I think there's a lot of people that didn't even know of current church as a church, but only knew the gear as a venue. Yes. And I think that did bring in a lot of like, um, the community knowing about our church. Now, when I, t- when I tell people I go to current church, a lot of people are like, uh, I don't know, where is that? And that's not a bad thing, but I I think that there's so much good going on in current church. And I never go to current church and leave feeling like, oh, well, that was just church. Yes. Something awesome always yes. happens. And I want other people to experience yeah. that. So for me, the numbers isn't about how it would feel for our congregation or for Gene to see numbers higher. I want the numbers because I want more people to experience how awesome it is and just the cool things that happen, the crazy things that happen at current church that are just like, did you ever go to like a Christian summer camp or anything? Sure. Yeah. And you go to Christian summer camp and you are on fire for God because you're, you're in it constantly. And you went to camp and then three days in, you're like, well, I've decided that now I'm going to be a missionary for the rest of my life. And as soon as I get back, I'm going to just hit the ground running. And you get back and you go back into your normal routine. I feel like every Sunday has that same feel as like summer camp. And it's just like so awesome. And I want, I just want more people to experience that. I would love to see some people come back that are not with us anymore. Like, I hang out with Ben Kiefer a lot. I'd love to see Ben Kiefer show up. And he's told me multiple times that he's going to, and then something always comes up. But <laughs> if he's listening... <laughs> You're straight naming names yeah, now. No, no I, I will. And uh, <laughs> another person who I love dearly and would love to see come back, I'd love to see Jonathan Overmeyer, mostly because I just have not seen him in a long time. I haven't got to hang out with him, and he's someone who I just like really enjoy being around. I would love to see him again. And... um I actually do spend a lot of time with, um, did you know Ben Peters? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. 
I spent a lot of time with Ben Peters, mostly because of wrestling. Sure. I'll be honest. Um, uh, but uh, I would love to see him come back. And yeah. I just, I really like him and his wife and his kids. And yeah, well, it'd be fun. You're talking my language because this is kind of one of my um, soapboxes or whatever. And, and, and people, much more well reasoned people than I, Justin Ballwinkle, <laughs> say, hey, you can't spend brain cells worrying about people who are choosing their own path. For and, sure, and my th- and you can't. So my thought is, I don't care about numbers. I really don't. I don't care about numbers. I care about everybody who belongs here being here. Yeah. And if that happens, then we're a fully functioning family, and we're powerful, and we're moving together. Yeah. That's that's my passion. The, so it sounds like you're right there. There are some people who have moved on from our church, and um, but in good way, in a way that I don't like. I don't think they need to come back. Um, but it's because. I've always pictured current church as for some people, it really is a like reignite that fire and then a launching pad for something else, something, you know, greater. They're going to be involved doing something else. Um, I think a good example of that is all of the people who are involved in revive the world. Even some of the people who left with revive the world and now are not even going to revive the world, but are going to other places and doing other things. Um, I think about like Josh is so involved in worship at um, Elevation. Yeah, Elevation. And the things he's doing at Elevation are awesome. And it's like, that's so cool to see. I don't. I don't think that uh, Josh needs to come back to current church. I would love to hang out with him more. That'd be awesome. But I don't think he needs to come back to current church because I don't feel like he ever really left what current church is. Um, and so like he he's doing awesome things like what current church teaches people to do or moves people to do and inspires people to do, but he's just doing it somewhere else. And that's awesome. And maybe he's inspiring more people to go do that somewhere else. I could talk about this. (laughs) Tiffany had a word maybe about a year ago to that end where God was showing her, encouraging her in that current is an oasis maybe for some people in their desert and yeah. maybe it is a temporary spot for some people i feel permanent there i know other people do too yeah. i hope plenty of people do. oh yeah but who's to say so it does have that feel that look of a kind of a launching pad and that's fine whatever god wants to do but i want to see uh, more people springing yeah. off of that launching yeah. pad you know what i'm saying like yeah. i want to see more people experiencing that that oasis good stuff yeah we, we could go on but we've got <laughs> we we've could. got pictures to take and you got a movie to go see so i'm yeah. gonna release you uh love you very much yeah uh, i love you terrific too, stuff appreciate you coming by i, I, I do want to say that i appreciate one you doing this but i always appreciate seeing you at church in everything that you provide the like you're always the first one in the prayer room and that's awesome i don't always make it in there but when i do it's always cool to see like you're just in there and ready to go yeah i don't have kids so it's <laughs> and um your ministry with the worship team is awesome. I always tell people I'm the backup backup drummer, although now it seems like I'm just the backup. Um, I think but, we're all backup to Jared uh, Paris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but for a while, I always tell people I'm the backup to the backup. But I really like when I love playing worship, but I really like when I can experience worship from the bystander side and getting to see you do it and how flawlessly you do things. I oh, I Stop. It's just like you're like sitting there and you're just so chill and you're just playing these intricate things. And I'm just like, well, I would be sweating and I would be looking like I'm in pain if I was doing that. But that's <laughs> it's awesome to just see you just do it flawlessly. And um, and this I think this is awesome. I think it's really cool. I've been wanting to be on this for a long time. And I think that it's something that's really good for our church and really good for people that aren't in our church. I'm going to share it out. There's lots of people that 
are friends with me that don't even go to church and this maybe they'll listen to this because they get to hear me talk good stuff know. man yeah sometimes it kind of feels like uh your own pet project and you're like I've never been discouraged in it, but sometimes you're like, man, this is just my thing. And <laughs> is it useful? So, yeah, I'm, I've been wanting to get you in here for a long time. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate the kind of words. Praise God. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Warner Swopes. Um, he is a newly inducted elder. If you have a list of grievances like I did, <laughs> write them down and take him your list next I, Sunday. And I would, I would, I would love that, actually. I, <laughs> uh, last week, I said... If you need anything, the elders are here yeah. to serve. So come sir. And and no, nobody took me up on that. And that's fine. But I am all about that. I'm serious. If you, you don't even have to see me at church. Um, Mikey Feltner, who he lives far away now, can't come to our church. He calls me regularly with prayer requests or things that he's dealing with. And I love that. I, yeah. I love to be able to be used by God as a service or a help. So please reach out to me. I got all the social medias and all that stuff. So do it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You've been listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana, and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.